Welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show, number 245, where each week we have a different story to talk about. It could be a comic, a movie, a TV show, anime, manga, all sorts of stuff. We read it, we watch it, we come back here and talk about it. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, That's how true. is daylight savings time treating you? Not well. I work has been very exhausting. It's raining yeah. here. It's so dreary to begin with. I can't also like lose an hour of day. I can't have this be how my week starts tomorrow. It's Oscars yeah. tonight. So I'm not going to be able to go to bed early or on time. I'm going to be at a friend's Oscar party like across town. Oscars won't end until like 1030. So, no, this is bad timing for daylight savings. I'm not I'm not up for it this week. I want to take <laughs> it back. Melissa is in the, the midst of a crisis. Daylight <laughs> saving time crisis. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel you on on that. The clocks sprung forward uh, late last night, early this morning, however you want to look at it. So, yeah, we lost an hour of sleep. We're dogs hitting this weekend. Oh, um, it's Rachel's grandmother's dog. Uh, her grandmother's wow. unfortunately in the hospital right now. Oh, no. so uh, she she has been doing a lot better. Um, but we we were like, yeah, we'll take care of the, 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 of the, the dog and uh, cute little like we wiener dog looking thing. But <gasps> fat, like big round. Oh, just looks like a, yeah, it just looks like a, a, a like a tube of sausage. It's great. Oh, my um, God. That's the yeah, best awesome. dog. I haven't yeah, even so seen good. it. And I yeah. just know from description alone, number one best. <laughs> Give it the medal. Yeah, he's he's fantastic, except he just he, like he's in a new place. So he's not yeah. sure of everything. We have two cats, one that like really does not like him and will smack him when he gets mm -hmm. near. It's like, don't come near me. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was crying all, all night and was antsy and nervous and just like, where am I? So. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, it's been it's been hectic over here, too. But mm -hmm. speaking of hectic and crazy stuff, uh, we are here to talk about some comics. Shazam and the Seven Magic Lands. That is uh, what we picked for this week, because the week that this podcast comes out, like the next day or two, the new Shazam movie is coming mm -hmm. out. The sequel to the first one uh, that came out a few years ago. Um, that, did that one have a subtitle? Or was it just Shazam? No, or just Shazam. Shazam. OK, exclamation mark. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, Shazam and the Fury of the Gods is the new movie that's coming out. So uh, this was one of the things that I pitched uh, for for Melissa to pick, uh, which you did. And yeah, it's just an opportune time for us to yeah. check out some Shazam comics. Um, you were so, reading me these comic names and you said Shazam and the seven magic. I'm like, OK, this is interesting. And then you said lands and I'm like, lands. I'm here yeah. for lands. I came here for the lands. And the, I got to say, this book did not disappoint on lands. Interesting. OK, OK. Yeah, uh, we, we said that I mentioned one of the, the bad guys, King Kid, and you were just like, ah. I need to find out who King Kid is. <laughs> King Kid looks incredible. <laughs> this book delivered on all promises. Good stuff. 
so so yeah with with that what did you think of shazam and the seven magic lands i had a lot of fun i didn't know anything about shazam except for the 2019 movie and this feels very similar to that i don't know when it came out how far the movie was in development at the time this was being written because some of the characters look spot on just like the actors and other ones don't so i don't know if they were like midway through like the the casting and pre-production process but it's if you like that movie you can get more of the same here in the comic and it's really inventive uh it's sort of classically inventive kids fall through portal go to a bunch of different lands and it's like we've got a fun candy land carnival land we've got a spooky land we've got a video game land we've got a land where all the animals talk like they're types of lands you are familiar with but they're just done so well like the art design in every different place they go to it's just delightful to look at every Every page is packed with all these details. I wish I had more time to spend with this book. Uh, it is sometimes the downfall of the review show. It gets me to yeah. read things I never would have read on my own, but I have to read it on a timer. Like I have to have everything done by Sunday morning. So sometimes I end up just flipping through a book perhaps more quickly than is warranted. But uh, get this. Spend your time with it. Yeah. Yeah. So the I'm looking at a d- DC.com, the hard, or I, I guess I don't know if it's the hard cover, but the collected edition came out December of 2020. Um, okay. So, it, and I, I I checked the DC Comics app. I saw that issue seven was out in like 2019 um, at some point. So, um, yeah, shortly after the movie, because I think the movie was 2018. Is that right? I thought it was I, tw- I, I, spring of 2019. I feel like we talked so about right it close the same to time our. Then. Yeah, I think it was 2019 Ish. when we were talking about like Captain Marvel and an Endgame and stuff. I think it was okay. in that era. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I am uh, obviously familiar with the character of Shazam or Captain Marvel um, as his original name is. I can mention some of that stuff a little bit later on, but. Yeah, I I really hadn't read much Shazam comics. The only stuff I had read was the backup stories to the Justice League comics, um, which they, they had backup stories used to be something they did all the time back in the day in comics. You'd have your like main story and then there'd be like one, maybe two little smaller stories at the end. Um, and that's something they got away with. But DC has been doing a lot recently mm. uh, where they have their like regular 20 issue uh, like tw- or 20 page uh, ish. It's usually like 24 and you have like an eight to 10 like backup story. Um, but I, there were some Shazam that backups that Jeff Johns, who wrote this book, was writing um, back when DC Comics was doing their new 52 initiative Uh, and i read those i really enjoyed those i thought that was fantastic um and i think that was also kind of right as marketing for that first movie was ramping up and so it was like hey we also have these these Mm -hmm. shazam stories over here written by jeff johns um so yeah i liked that i don't know i i know that this is sort of a follow-up to that i don't know how immediate 
if I don't know if there was something in between that happened or not. Um, but this feels kind of right around the, like it feels like a continuation of that, which is a good mm-hmm. thing there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I absolutely would recommend this uh, to comics lovers, especially if they are younger age. I think this would read yes. really well for young kids. Um, there's some, some really imaginative stuff um yeah, a lot of fun big bright colors bombastic stuff and and, and yeah just things happen non-stop right um and i yeah i on, on one hand i like it because of that like it is imaginative and fun and just all sorts of neat stuff on the other hand I was just also kind of uninterested in what happened me personally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I still think these work well for what they are. And I think what they're intended to be. Um, yeah. And, and I, I, I think it's also a good, like who's who of some like yes. major uh, Shazam characters uh, and stuff from Dr. Mind, who I had never heard of before. Uh, to Doctor Savannah and Black Adam and um, yeah, the whole the whole Shazam family. Yeah, as the book goes on, it does get all of these subplots that take away from the kids explore magic lands, and I do wish that if the whole book was kids explore magic lands, and they didn't have to fight Black Adam. But yeah, I, I still had fun. Yeah, there's a few things that I, I, I think can be considered disappointing. They say seven magic lands. Did we even go into the seventh one? I think one of them was like walled off. Uh, we've got. Uh, well, well, there's Earth. There was. Earth the, is one of them. The, the, yeah, which yeah. also feels like a scam. You can't have seven <laughs> magic lands and one of them's just like the Earth we already know. Yeah. So we've got. The uh, like King theme Kid. park. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there was the gaming land, which is supposed to be like tr- Tron. Um, mm. There is the animal land, yeah. which is like, which is basically Zootopia. Um, yeah. There is the Wozender lands, which is a mix between Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland. Um, mm-hmm. There was Monsterland. Which yeah, is where there's that a monster land was and Superboy Prime was held up. That was the one that was walled off. Which yeah, Superboy Prime is in this book. If 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 you know that he's in there for like a handful of pages and then goes away, I feel like Jeff Johns was just trying to set something up with that for down the road or some other comic that he was about to start making. It was weird, um, but <laughs> I don't. No, I like and I, then and I then the Darklands, which is the, the, the dark lands. Okay. One. Yes. OK. Yep. There you go. Those are the seven magic lands. Yeah, we, we do get to see them all. We don't really explore much of them, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a little disappointing. Um, but yeah. it, it, in a 12 issue series, uh, like I did, they don't have much time to do that anyways. Uh, as well as have some plot of Dr. Is it Savannah or Shavana? Like it do Savannah. pronounce that with an S-H? I'm not sure. Uh, well, that's who was in the movie. It's Dr. Savannah, and then the little mind worm is the post credit sequence. Oh. 
I think I completely blacked that out of my mind. I don't remember that <laughs> at all in the Shazam I, movie. Interesting. I okay. just watched Shazam again for Christmas. It is a Christmas film. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's fairly fresh in my mind. That's cool. That's cool. But but yeah, I I I had fun with the book, but it's also like this is not the kind of comics that I would normally just pick up and read unless I was like trying to do some research or stuff like like who is Shazam? Let me just read, you know, some some stuff of his. But um yeah. Shazam and the Seven Magic Lands. We found this on Comixology Unlimited. If you are a subscriber to that, uh, it's also on the DC the DC Infinite Universe app. They're, the naming convention for, for that is way too long. Uh, but yeah, that is their, their app where you can go read all of their backlog of comics and, and stuff like that. So um yeah. Do you, do you have anything else you want to say about Shazam and the Seven Magical Lands? I guess we should do a synopsis uh, besides just n naming the Seven Magic Lands here. Melissa is working on something. Her headphones may have gone out uh, for now. So I will continue on with a synopsis uh, for the book he here. Um, so let's see. She wrote me a note that says plugged in my charger. Now I can't hear anything. OK, in interesting. Um, so I will continue on with the plot synopsis here. So, yeah, uh, this starts out. Um, I'm back. She's back. OK, Melissa, it's, we're getting into plot synopsis stuff. I plugged in my charger and then my headphones stopped working. I'm like, they're yeah. Bluetooth headphones. It's not like I knocked into anything. I don't know what that was. <laughs> she's hacked in uh did did you have any other kind of final thoughts that you wanted to add on to that or did you want to get on to the plot synopsis here no let's let's talk about the plot which is let's do it kids go to uh the like magic subway station where the wizard lives and then they realize wait we can't just go from earth to here like we can get to other places with this as like the main hub so then they just go start exploring. Yeah, they like they realize that they've been to this place. The Rock of Eternity yeah. is what they call it. And yeah, it's that like magical secret subway station uh, that's right there. And they just start exploring and be like, you know, we haven't really looked around like we should mm -hmm. have. I think one of them mentions they've tried mapping it out. Uh, but they haven't gotten very far or something like that. And yeah, they they kind of discover this big map that implies there are seven magical lands out there. Um, and so they decide to go exploring. Uh, and that's when they stumble upon. I don't remember the name of it, but it was the theme park. Um, yeah. One, the big like Disney park knockoff with a bunch of like little clowns running around. They're, little like, child clowns. Sides child sized clowns they look like mario uh, they look they like, they're do. like the size and dimensions of mario with little overalls and little hats but they got clown paint on yeah Love um uh, yeah that was my thought exactly i was like is that mario oh my god what? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah once they get there they that's when they first start running into trouble uh king kid is in charge of this magical theme park and he wants the kids that 
come to this theme park to stay there forever and be happy and content and eat all the candy and junk food they want and ride all the rides and all that stuff and get away from the adults that have hurt them and abused them and all that stuff. Uh, and they are like, well, hey, we need to get back uh, in about an hour. And at that, that he's just like, no, you can't leave. Why would you want to go back to mm. your family? Uh, and then so he tries to like grab them and contain them and then of course that's when the kids say the magic word which transforms them into these adult looking super yes. he heroes and then he's like what we've been invaded by adults um, <laughs> and, and so he tries to capture them and enslave them turns out that's how the park works uh all of the kids once they turn 18 they get enslaved and are are they're like the the dead people behind the curtain that's not what i was gonna say well i, I was gonna say there has to be some like D disney like imagineer title that they could get <laughs> they're down they're, in like, the behind the scenes. right yeah <laughs> uh they're they're the ones making everything work under under it all um and so King Kid is trying to kind of chase them through uh, these these magical lands as everyone gets scattered. And at the same t time, Dr. Savannah is trying to uh, take over the seven magical lands mm. uh, as he is be being mind controlled by Mr. Mind. Um, mm. So I, I will kind of leave it at that. I, I think that's oh, yeah. most of like basic plot synopsis that's that's uh, a place to start black adams in the mix yep. billy's dad supposedly comes back and definitely isn't suspicious at all <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um lots of crazy stuff uh but yeah i think that's kind of all i have to say spoiler free mm -hmm. um for shazam and the seven magic lands so I say we take a quick break for housekeeping, and then when we come back, we will dive into spoilers and start g -g going a little more in-depth with the book here. Uh, so yeah, we will be right back. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com store to pick up some merch today. All right, we are back. A big shout out once again to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. We appreciate Thank you. it. Uh, speaking of Patreon supporters at the $3 tier, you guys can get access to the Pilots Club uh, in which this month, Melissa and I got to chat about the pilot for CSI, the original. We went back to Gil Grissom out there in Las Vegas, uh, and it was a blast. It was a good, fun time. Reminded mm -hmm. me a lot of Mythbusters. So. Yeah. Go check it out. It was fun. 
and then Melissa, you have the one for next month. Do you want to give a a, a, a tease for for what this 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 one next month will will be in April? Inspired by last week on the review show, we talked about the movie Michael Clayton. I wanted to find a TV show that was also just a man's name. So you are watching the pilot for Bob Patterson, a failed 2001 sitcom that only aired for a month uh, in which Jason Alexander plays Bob Patterson, the nation's third best-selling self-help author. Wild. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, we have some interesting stuff to talk about on the Pilots Club. Uh, and then here on the review show, like Melissa just mentioned last week, we talked about Michael Clayton. Uh, which is a legal drama thriller movie written by Tony Gilroy. Uh, phenomenal movie. I loved it a lot. Um, if if you guys recently saw Star Wars and or he also wrote that. Um, if you're familiar with the Bourne movies, he wrote a lot yeah. of those. Um, yeah. So so Michael Clayton is one to check out for sure. Uh, and then over on the Captain's Log. Uh, I've recently had my mind blown that that Perry Mason is not real. <laughs> Melissa, this past week, you and I came up with new categories for the Oscars. And I have to mm-hmm. say, Keanu Reeves agrees with us. Did did you see this going around? Does he want a best stunt award? Yeah, he's he's him. And I think the director of of John Wick 4 are, are like, hey, we, we need to start getting more stunt work appreciated yeah. in the Oscars. Um, if ever so. there was a series to usher that in at the Oscars, it would be John Wick. Man, John Wick, Mission Impossible, Fast and the right. Furious, all that stuff. This yeah. year alone, you've got such a good lineup of nominees. Yeah, yeah really, you really do. Um, so, yeah, we got to chat about that. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then last but not least, over on the reactor core today, late, later today uh, of the day that we are recording this uh, is the finale of The Last of Us season ah. one. Uh, so we will be recording our reactions to that shortly thereafter. Um, and it's it's I have to say it's it's an it's been an interesting adaption of this so far. I like it a lot. There's things that aren't connecting for me just because of the nature of it being a television show. Mm. Uh, but I am excited for the finale. Uh, the, the finale of this show, I think will inspire a lot of conversation. It might be a little bit polarizing uh, and d- divisive. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> stoked. We can't handle the season finale to this and the Oscars on the same night. A thing that is always polarizing they, and divisive as people they fight got in different out of the way camps. of the Super Bowl. They're they're like, you know what? We're moving The Last of Us up to Friday night so that you yeah. all can watch the Super Bowl. But for the Oscars, they were just like, I mean, you guys can start watching the Oscars and then take a break to watch The Last of Us and then probably go back to the Oscars after that to finally see who won Best Picture. Uh, and sure. they were like, yep, we're not moving. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's their season finale, though. You you do only get one of those and Oscars yes. comes around every year. I can't be mad at them for a season finale like that. Yeah. And it, it's been getting rave uh, ratings. I, that's not something you really say for <laughs> 
ratings again. <laughs> They've been getting high rating. Like yes. a lot of people are watching it. It's been breaking all sorts of records for HBO and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we will have our reaction up to that uh, in the near future. Uh, and also, if you want more Pedro Pascal after that, we will be starting up our reactions to The Mandalorian here in the near future. Uh, we've been letting those stack up so we can do it in a little bit mm. of a larger chunk. Um, so there you go. That is housekeeping for right now. So, Melissa, let's get into spoilers. All right. Shazam and the Seven Magic Lands. Melissa, let's you, talk you, about these lands. Yeah, you you're ready to go. I, <laughs> I just love going to different little worlds. It's always yeah. fun. And these <laughs> ones are real classic examples of different little worlds, but they're so well done. Like you've got this theme park carnival, like candy land sort of kid land that you start with, which is a beautiful execution of that. It's crammed with rides. Like the place is like a hundred roller coasters and 70 confectionaries and 60 merry-go-rounds. Oh yeah. It's full of stuff. You've got all the little kids from like, all of the 20th century roaming around you've got more contemporary kids and then like little newsies looking ones they're they're carrying stuffed animals they have like the big lollipops the size of their heads you have yeah. the little mario clowns which are very fun and king kid when you mentioned last week this is one of the antagonists of the book i told you i was picturing king bob from recess the sixth grader who sat on top <laughs> of the jungle gym he doesn't not have King Bob vibes. I, I like him. I yeah. like his electric blue hair that's like always over one eye and he's got the striped leggings. So he feels very like neon emo. He's very hot topic, still Which fitting within really, the carnival Candyland aesthetic. It, it fits within that aesthetic. Yeah, but not. It does not fit for what his story is. He is mm. one of the like oldest because he's the one that started it all, right? He's the yeah. one that made it and did that. He his he's like from I I don't know what the the time period looked like. I don't think it said exactly, but it it looked old enough to like potentially even be like sixteen hundreds. Uh, <laughs> like very vague about what the time period is. Um, but man, because he was e e eating porridge is is what his thing he's the reason he's there the reason king kid is evil yes. is because he spilled his porridge uh and yes. his parents were abusive especially his father and yeah. he decided to run away from home because he knew that he spilled the porridge and his dad would beat him and so he was just like screw this i'm out of here and he leaves and he ends up in this magical like space that is just this like empty kind of open mm -hmm. field valley kind of thing. And he finds this wishing stick is what he calls it, um, which there's this one scene later on down the road where he loses that, that stick and just goes, my wishing stick, <laughs> no! uh, which I thought was hilarious. But still, yes. um, he yeah, he, he finds this stick that will grant him anything he wants. And so he, he's just like, hey, I want to meet other kids like me, like send me all of the like kids who are unhappy and abused by their parents and bullied and and, and traumatized, all that stuff. Send them to me so we can just kind of either commiserate or cope or who knows what um, so I can help them out. Right. 
And then he's like, let's start having some fun. Let's start. Let's start mm-hmm. eating chocolate. Let's start going on these like theme park rides and stuff like that. And so, yeah, he ends up building out this big g- giant theme park. But the electric blue emo hair does not fit with his story I, at all, which is so funny. I I think he looks very cool. You've got a point. If he's worried about porridge, who knows how old this boy is? I don't remember. I don't know when people ate porridge. Like, I don't know if like porridge is from like the 1910s, 1930s. I mean, it, def- it feels porridge. It now. feels like. Right. I guess it still exists, but it feels like if you're eating porridge, your hat and shoes have buckles on them. Like it feels right. like yes. truly yeah. old. That or, or you're I like do... out working the fields with yeah. those, those those peasants in Monty Python just being like, well, yes. you're not my king. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> I didn't vote for him. <laughs> I feel like aesthetically he isn't exactly modern. He like I said, he looks like what mishmash. I remember you could get in Hot Topic in like 2005. And I think that's funny that at one point he made an attempt to modernize himself, but he has not caught up with it. (laughs) Yeah. Like he doesn't look like 2020. He looks like 2005 still. The vibe I got was like magical elf trying to be edgy. Um, (laughs) Like he doesn't have elfy ears at all. Yeah. He has the like blue emo hair. I'm sure he has some piercings or something, but he has this like big king cape and crown that sits on his head on one side. Right. Yes. Um, I I thought his whole thing was going to be that. Yeah. Like once the wishing stick got away from him, like the magic for him would be taken away and he would no longer be a kid and he would like start mm. rapidly a- a- aging or something like that. And then all the other kids would revolt against him and oh, send him yes. down there. I thought that was going to be the thing, but that's not what happened uh, with, with, with him. Um, but yeah, good old King kid, just looking like electric blue bubble gum, candy coated whatever Mm -hmm. topic (laughs) (laughs) so we've got the kid land and then we go to i think the wild land is what they call the animal one and this one's great like you said it's basically zootopia although it doesn't feel like as modern of a city it feels more like 1940s or something like that but they've just the dis- started society and then enough to have yeah. like buildings and and stuff yes. like that but they're still figuring it out yeah uh, everybody's wearing like little waistcoats you've got like an elephant who's like a bobby with like a nightstick or something you have a hippo wearing like a straw hat with a flower on it it's real like mid 20th century old timey not as old yeah. as porridge but still pretty old like the animals they've chosen and illustrated look great. I know what if animals did a people society is something like so familiar. We've seen everybody do it, but I just, I like this one. I was very charmed by this one. Yeah. And I love our hero, Talkie Tawny, one of the best new characters. And I love that at the end of the book, he's just still in Philadelphia living with the family. He got out of the seven magic lands and he just still lives yep. with them it's these six kids and their parents and one large tiger who talks and cooks for them yeah he's he's a mainstay of of the like captain marvel shazam family here truly yeah yeah no he's like one like he, he of shazam con he is one of the supporting characters 
I didn't know uh, that. that yeah, I thought he, he's a talking tiger. I thought Jeff Johns was just like, I think the family needs a tiger. I will write this now. <laughs> <laughs> Not an original <laughs> creation. No. I love him. I think it's. He's buff and he ends yeah. up nude a couple times. Yeah, they, they, like, they like, do the like, is is Donald Duck naked from the waist down joke like that that's what they did he was just like guys i feel really naked right now because right. uh, <laughs> in this world when like animals rebelled against humans like the tigers didn't fight with them so now that animals have ruled over this whole land there's no humans left if any humans are found and caught they get thrown into the tiger pit and so they take tiger citizens like we're calling you this is your penance this is what you owe for tiger kind Take off your clothes, go into the pit, eat a kid. And Talkie Tawny's like, I don't want to do this. I want to be civilized. I want to wear a race, a waistcoat and read books and like cook delicious vegetarian meals. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's buff and he's nude. And then later in the book, like, I think the magic gets affected and then he loses his clothes. And no, he like somebody turns him into a little tiger cub. So he shrinks out yes. of his clothes and then he has to mm-hmm. get his clothes back on. I'm like, this is very specific. You think about the people who like have the hots for Tony the Tiger and draw like Tony the Tiger porn. It reminded me of that, but not necessarily in a negative way. Like, I thought it was kind of cool that Talkie Tawny's like, he is legitimately fun for kids. And I feel like he was also serving something to a very specific sub audience of adults also. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then it, it, after that, we get the game world. I, I think yeah. game lands is what they call it. And yeah, it is basically like a knockoff of Tron. Um, mm-hmm. The characters in there, there is a class system uh, where it, it's based off the amount of points you yeah. ha- have. The points is also how you can buy better weapons and stuff like that to get you higher up and get you more points. Um, and no one has beaten the game master. Um, and that is the only way to get out of game lands, which they end up getting out a different way. Anyways, they don't really mm-hmm. beat the game master. But um, yeah, it is kind of like this neon cyberpunk Tron mm-hmm. city, um, which I I, I enjoyed. But I also all of the like text that would pop up to say certain stuff i would just like i could do without that or like have it be more like (laughs) personal to that person who got them right it's on like a little heads up display and not this big giant text (laughs) that like displays and blocks most of the city right it's just like oh okay you've got your own hologram that follows you around and tells people how many points you're worth Sure. Like, yeah. The yeah. number of points you have determines like where you live in the city. And Eugene and Pedro wind up in this world. And Eugene is like uh plays video games constantly. And he's like, I was born to do this. This is perfect. Pedro I can get us out of here today. So he spends a bunch of his points to get a car to like race against the game master. But then after he spent the points to buy the car, now he no longer has the amount of points to keep like living in the area of the city they're in. But Pedro does. So now Pedro has to be the one to drive the car. I like that little (laughs) twist. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that one was 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 interesting. 
we got the the Wozender lands. These were cool. Yeah. When you see it on the map, you don't, at least I didn't put it together. That's what it was right. until you go there and you've got a little rabbit with a pocket watch and you've I'm got like, a I'm scarecrow. Like, very important and you're like, oh, Wonderland plus Oz. Like it is literally those things, not just to where it's aesthetically like Wonderland and Oz put together. All of the characters are there. Like Alice and Dorothy, they refer to multiple times. We never get to see them. But they are like heroes of that land. They still exist. It's like that land's superheroes. That is Superman and Batman. You go to Wozender land. And yeah, Alice and Dorothy are just walking around saving people. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, that one was 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 neat. On, on the flip side, though, this is also kind of where one of my disappointments come mm. in. Because I, I don't feel like the land is wholly original or or some new like concept or idea. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't necessarily need it to be a new concept or idea. But like, it just felt like, oh, it's Oz and, and, and not like, oh, this is supposed to be like, like, it's, it's not yeah. Oz, but it's a, like a, your own version of that. Like, I think mm. I would have preferred like my own version, uh, not my, my own, right? But like, yeah, it's like J- Jeff Johns's own mm-hmm. version of that, rather than it's literally just these two things you already know combined. Um, the combination so is is novel to me. I feel like we have seen there's stories where like a there's an episode of Tiny Toons or something where somebody gets on the hits gets hit on the head and dreams they're in like Alice in Wonderland or dreams are in Wizard of Oz or something. You've seen this. You've seen it's a specific parody of that story or it's a general fantasy land featuring stuff pulled from a lot of known fantasy stories such as a Wizard of Oz or an Alice in Wonderland. But I'd never seen. No, it's just exactly those two. You're in a chocolate yeah. vanilla swirl world of specifically Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz. Like, you're right in that it's almost so, it is more of a direct reference and less of a general genre pastiche. But the fact that it's both of them smushed together is, like, I've never seen that exactly. I wasn't expecting that. It is a surprise. So even though it is something you know very, very well, like, there's still a novelty to it that it's like, well, I I never thought about what if the rabbit and the scarecrow were friends. We only see right. it for a couple pages, but it's neat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, some of my recommendations at the end of this will be kind of in reference to this land here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, then after, after that, uh, let's see what else we get. We get the dark lands is what yeah. we mentioned where everything Which is black in... and white. Yes, it's so black and white universal horror like you old tim burton like it's just goth halloween decoration land we're mm-hmm. in it too briefly i love that is to in order to get into the land like you arise from your own grave yeah, uh, as soon as shazam gets there he has like to fight his own skeleton there's like the mansion from psycho looming on the hill <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Like I, I like that because it, it it's not it's not the like oh here's two properties you already know uh-huh. but it's just like okay we're gonna make a horror themed land and yeah we'll have the, like it'll look like a universal monster movie it'll 
feel like have a reference to this thing. It'll have a reference to that thing, but it's still its own unique land there. So that that that's what I kind of liked about the other mm-hmm. ones. But yeah, this one was cool. I I liked that you you could like yeah. like it was almost kind of like the like avatar state where the avatar can like speak yeah. to his ancestors and and stuff of who was all the avatars before them uh it was kind of like that in that there were like spirits and ghosts he, 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 here and it was past champions of the, yeah. the shazam stuff and i know some of them were being a little manipulative and and stuff like that but still it was just like oh this is kind of neat that there is technically a place where you can go commune with them um yeah hey that stuff that's that's neat i and then there's the monster lands which i guess is like a walled off prison of like baddies who were too bad to keep existing in other lands like the Wicked Witch of the West is in there. The Red Queen is in there. And those are both character designs I've never seen for those classic literary characters. I like that the Wicked Witch of the West looks like old, like 1930s Halloween decorations. Like she's there's like a cat on her hatch. There's like spiders on her, her leggings. She's like all mm-hmm. patterned in a really interesting, interesting. way. And then the yeah. Red Queen's just like a tall, imposing lady in like a red jumpsuit. <laughs> she looks like Grace Jones or something very different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I know that uh, the, what was it? The monster society of mm. evil um, is, is like Shazam's main anti- like antagonist team. Um, mm. I'm not sure if, this the version we got in this is accurate to who they usually are um in which case might explain why we get something like the wicked witch of the west and we get this mm. like wozender land here um but yeah the, the monster society is to captain marvel as the rogues are to flash or ah, batman basically sinister just fights six. all of the arkham patients or yeah spider-man yeah. fights this sinister six uh shazam <laughs> fights the monster society um my so the monster society like you said it's wicked witch of the west it's red queen it's like a big robot hologram guy from like the game lands it's some hamburglar looking guy called merry-go-round from like the game lands my favorite one from the Wildlands from the Animal Society is a guy named Scapegoat, who's just like a gangster goat with a handgun in each hand, oh, man. which was so funny to me that he isn't like this massive, towering, imposing monster. Like he doesn't have magic. He doesn't shoot a ray gun. He just has a regular gun, but two of them, one in each hand, which isn't necessarily more graceful or, or offensive <laughs> in any way. Just a goat with a, two guns uh, is very funny as one of the members of this giant imposing rogues gallery. And I think he is the first to go down. Poor scapegoat. Yeah. Um, OK, so I am looking at the Wikipedia page for the Monster Society of Evil. Um, <laughs> the the original membership uh, was led by Mr. Mind. There's a character named Dummy who is a living Ugh. ventriloquist. We got we got we to saw see him. him yes, in there. yep, he's one of the original members. Uh, we there's a character named Mister Who. He's not a doctor yet, apparently, uh, but he is a crippled criminal mastermind with one 
I who created Solution Z, which grants him the abilities of shape shifting, size shifting, invisibility, limb regeneration, phasing and an amphibious nature. He's an early adversary of Dr. Fate. Interesting. Um, We also get a character named Neola, a weather controlling Aztec priestess who previously fought Hawkman. Um, We also get Um the Mighty, which is a super strong animated large statue with magical powers who was an early adversary of Spectre. Um, And then Spectre. He's he's a, another DC Comics character, dark magic side of, of okay, things. Okay. Yeah, don't need to know him right now. Uh, and last but not least, we get a character named Romulus, a green skinned super villain with the ability to control plants, uh, who was an early opponent of Sandman and Sandy the Golden Boy. This is not Neil Gaiman's <laughs> version of Sandman to be specific the golden boy i yeah, never heard of him <laughs> i guess he's the current it's sandman the most but exciting again, comic on the, the rack no i don't want batman no. i want sandy the golden boy right uh but there, there's what multiple you call your dog. versions yeah uh another uh, there, there's multiple versions the one i think we got was the fifth version which has the mm. wicked witch of the west red queen scapegoat mr mary go round um a whole bunch of different stuff so there you go do you remember that statistic uh that they mentioned in one old episode of jay and miles explain the x-men that the one character who has appeared in the greatest individual number of marvel comics titles is dracula because he's in the public domain and anyone can pull him out like he's been in more ti- titles than feel, Wolverine I f- has. I feel like I've I've heard them say that, but yeah, I I yeah, that's I've, it's been so and, long since I listened to well, JJ and Miles' same, great show, yeah. though. Yeah, like I also listened to it for a while, and then I I felt like I I had reached my fill of things to know about the X Men, but the things <laughs> I did learn I treasure, and that's one of them. Now this fact is probably five years old. I don't know if it's still true. Maybe now it is Wolverine who's been in the greatest number of individual Marvel comics titles. But I think about that all the time, that it's Dracula, that like somewhere back in the many decades of this universe, everybody's fought Dracula because nobody says you can't. And I like Mm -hmm. to see that a similar take on that where Shazam is fighting the Wicked Witch of the West. Right. Yeah. Um, I I would uh, love to see more of that. Just more public domain characters entering the the comic book canon. Like you fight, I don't the the rabbit from Winnie the Pooh or something. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that we explains the Darklands. Uh. What 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 else do we have? What are we missing here? That's all of them. It's that one, the prison land that we're barely Monster in. Land, uh, yeah. And then regular Earth, just Philadelphia, like in the right. movie. Like, I loved every what a land. Magical place. <laughs> Cheese steaks, a, a statue, stairs you can climb. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a big bell with a crack in it. Who could imagine? Only in the most <laughs> fantastical place. Uh, <laughs> 
I loved all the lands, but as the story went on and more plots kept getting added, like Billy's yeah. dad and Mr. Mind and Black Adam and all of this, we're spending like smaller and smaller time amounts in the land. So you just get a good amount of time in kid land and then some in wild land and game land. And then it's just diminishing from there on out. Like, no, you like the dark lands is one of the coolest ones. I need an entire issue here. I need the Shazam Seriously. family Halloween special entirely in the dark lands. I want to be here for more than four great. pages, please. Actually, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I wish we did get to explore them more uh, g- g- going in to this book. I thought they were going to explore a magical like like one each issue, which then mm-hmm. like that's only seven issues. And we still have a handful to like fill out the plot. Yeah, right? like I thought that's excuse me. I have the hiccups. Um, I thought that's what we were going to be doing but it really wasn't yeah we spend a significant amount of time in that theme park uh and philadelphia the rock of eternity like all all that stuff um which i like i i do have to say i think exploring the rock of eternity is an interesting choice of like how to start this next adventure yeah um i'm i'm kind of hoping we get something like that in this new movie like i was reading Mm -hmm. this and being like is any of this book going to inform the sequel um, that that we'll get? The answer is probably not very much. But I think there were a few things in there that could maybe hint at maybe a later Shazam story that came after this or something. Um, but just the idea that like these magical powers that Billy Batson got there he's borrowing them from all these different gods right Mm. um and if he doesn't really know the full extent of his powers or how to use them all exactly maybe the gods that gave the wizard their bits of their power to be able to pass on like maybe they're upset that he's misusing them or not using them in the way that he's supposed to or Mm something or there might be this thing of like hey you've brought back you there's now six total champions what's taking you so so long to get this heaven then he's like like yeah right they're they're like the gods in some way could be mad at him for something that he didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily foresee um or yeah it could be uh this evil mr mind mind controlling dr savannah and the gods uh to 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 do something with that there who knows mm-hmm. I, I don't know but um yeah there's a lot going on in this book i think it's it's 13 issues because i know i was preparing for 12 and then i got to the end and i'm like there's more i'm not so, done yet no it is actually 12 um it's issues well well you might be right it's issues one through 11 they skip issue 12 which may have been a crossover in something else and just not like it didn't have to deal with this story but yes then we get issues 13 and 14 okay Uh, so yeah i I guess technically it it is 13 issues but it's largely speaking issues one through 14 we just don't get that 12th issue it's not collected in the like collection of this thing here 
yeah. Who did he go meet? Where was he? I have no idea. Um, It's not like there's a big hole punched in the story where I can tell like, oh, Aquaman was here and then Aquaman left. Right. I don't don't know what happened. I can't tell. I'm wondering if there was some event book, some crossover that it was just like, yeah, issue 12 is a, a tie in to some event that just completely rips him out of that story. And who knows what um, this is what comics does quite a bit. Yeah, this book, we've got seven lands. We've got the six kids and their parents and a wizard and a talking tiger and Billy's dad. And Dr. Savannah and Mr. Mind and Black Adam and Superboy Prime and a ventriloquist dummy. And then a bunch of like different monsters. Like it's so many characters. So much is going on by like the second half of this storyline. And uh, on one hand, I before you continue with that, I do have information on what happened in that 12th. Mm. story here so first of all it's written it's written and drawn by a new creative team um and issue 12 says says revealing his devious plans mr mind attacks billy batson and the entire shazam family pushed to the limit by a fierce battle against both black adam and the monster society can shazam turn the tide and save himself and his adopted family of friends and fellow heroes However, the cover says when strikes the scarecrow featuring Batman. So I, I don't know. Is the, does Batman sh- show up and he fights the scarecrow or does they have a fight with the monster hide, which we don't really get to see him fight uh, in yeah. this all that much. So I don't I don't even know what's happening here. Um, so jonathan crane the scarecrow comes into town he's also a part of this there's a number of real monsters and then also the whatever mind drug scarecrow has right yeah batman's like hey sorry shazam i'll take care of this he's my guy get out of philadelphia crane back to arkham with you oh man first panel says let your blood run cold mammals for the reign of the crocodile men is nigh and it has a picture of a big old crocodile Dude, there. I guess you can't Created see him crocodile. On, on this here. Yeah, no scapegoat, but he's also pretty cool. Uh, right. Yes, there's just a lot going on here in the back end of the book, and on one hand, I liked seeing all these characters who, like I've seen in the movies, I liked to see them on the page. Like, oh yeah, right. it is true. You know, here's Doctor Savannah. Here's that funny little worm. He do- he is in the same universe as Black Adam. Here it is happening right in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Whereas it's just been a thing like YouTube videos have had to explain to me that these things do happen in the same universe. <laughs> I liked yep. to see it, uh, but I I feel like this is this could have been like three separate arcs instead of it all being jammed into one, and then we could have gotten more together. time spent in like the fun lands. But also, you mentioned this being a good comic for a younger reader. This seems like a lot, but it seems like a lot less than a Crisis on Infinite Earths or something. Oh, yes. So this might oh, be yeah. what you hand like a 10-year-old to get them ready. Like, if you can handle this one very busy Shazam story, you can work your way up to the entire franchise in one giant like multi-universe event book. This is your practice run for that. Yeah, which is 
wild to think about that Superboy Prime is in. Explain this him book to me here. So he, I mean, let me let me look uh, him up. Essentially, he's an evil version of Superboy. Obviously, you can t- tell. Okay, uh, now hold on. In, Even this is too fast. Is Superboy just younger Clark Kent? Is this like a his in son some cases, who is Superboy? Yeah. Let me uh, let me see Superboy Prime. Let me get a Wikipedia summary to uh, better explain because it's he's he's one of the like more complicated characters in DC Comics. Um, this is Clark Kent, aka Cal L, known as Superboy Prime or simply Prime. Um, blah 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 is a superhero turned supervillain and alternate ver- version of Superman. The character first appeared uh, in DC Comics Presents in n- number eighty seven in nineteen eighty five. Um, he was based upon the original Superboy character uh, by J- 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 Jerry Siegel and Joe Shoster. Yes, who is just a younger version of okay. S- superman uh, it says Su- superboy prime is from a parallel er- 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 earth called earth prime devoid of any superheroes or even superhumans there superman and the other comic superheroes he- were fictional characters as they are in real life the idea okay. is it's, it's our world it's you and me melissa right. we can go to dc comics headquarters where they're making the comics you know all that stuff yeah. you got their little minions all the kids that turned 18 they're the ones making all of these <laughs> comics right um yeah superman where... a fictional character not like perry mason the absolutely real god we <laughs> right, made up yeah. superman god i thought he was a real character for a real person for so long um uh but let's see uh fictional characters as they are in real life the earth prime universe was erased during crisis on infinite er Er earths and Superboy prime ended up in a like a paradise dimension uh where during that time he found himself unable to let go of his former life and destiny as earth's greatest hero over time, his convictions and morals became t- twisted and warped, where he came to believe that Earth Prime was the only proper er- Earth and that Superboy Prime was the only one worthy of the Superboy mantle. Uh, Pr- Prime firmly believes that being Superman is his calling, despite the fact that he has become a psychotic, murderous, and even sadistic villain. His overwhelming strength, speed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, makes him a the most dangerous one of the most dangerous foes in the DC universe. I'll stop there. Um, yeah, he's like his reality gets erased, but he gets saved, even though he's put in this kind of like alternate dimension. But he still remembers everything, and so when he comes back, he he's like, "You guys erased my Earth!" Like all this stuff. Ah. He's mad, upset. Yeah, that's it. So all that stuff. Um, okay. He comes back, goes away in the 90s. I think this is him. He was like trying to be the cool super boy. He had like a leather jacket. Did he also get a mullet? Uh, He didn't have a mullet, I don't think, but he had, he was the like cool teen punk, right? Punk (laughs) Superman. That's who he would. He had his like leather jacket with the metal studs and and everything. He had. 
I think uh, I've the, seen like, this. The fade on the sides with it a little bit longer on 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 top, okay. and he was like super cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's Superboy Prime. It, 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 it's just strange that he shows up in this book. It's just like, yeah, wait, what? And they, yeah. they they don't name him for like the first yes. like, handful of pages you see. So if you don't know. You're going to be so lost. Like, who is this Superman related character in the he has the S like burned into his chest? Yeah, um, like it's so it's so weird. But but yeah, that mixed with Billy's father coming back and being like, man, I abandoned my boy, but I was in jail, so I didn't mean to. Can I like reconnect with him? It, it's, it's just a lot. For what's happening within these books here. Yeah, let's the Billy's dad stuff. I. Again, it feels like this has enough potential to it. It could be its own entire storyline. Right. I do like that there is this search for. Well, there's six of us. There's seven chairs at the Rock of Eternity. We must be we must have to get a seventh one. Who's our seventh champion going to be? So when Billy's dad arrives on the scene, he's like, maybe it's him. Like, he's my family. Like, he's my my biological father. I want to have him in my life as much as I, I love my my adopted family here. Dad can be yeah. a part of it, too. I'll, I'll share some of my powers with dad. It'll be these five. It'll be me, these five other kids and my estranged father I've never met since I was like two years old. A Melissa, we haven't even team. mentioned that the wizard Shazam himself uh, is in this book. We thought he's he's de- de- dead, uh, and, and I, I think he just goes by the name Shazam too. But he he is like the they keep, the wizard. They keep calling the wizard the wizard, and I know sure. that's Jaimon Hansu from the movies. Yes, uh, we thought he was dead, as he is. I think also dead in the movie. Is that right? I don't, I don't know if he's recently. dead or if he just like sort of vanishes. He just goes away. So I don't I think know. That's what happens in the comics, too. They like just assume he's dead. Like you evaporated into nothing. We just thought you were dead. Uh, and he was like, no, I was waiting and watching for the right time to help you. And he's, <laughs> he's the one that is is like, no, your father cannot be the seventh. I mean, he can yeah, be one yeah. of them. But if you choose him, you don't choose your adopted family. Yeah here but he's also the one that instructed billy that like hey family is who you choose it to be yeah and so the 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 conflict or one of the like hero conflicts in 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 this book i, I put that in air quotes uh mm. is that b- 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 instead of a crisis of conscience billy is having a crisis of family and like who is yes. his family um yeah and some of the Shazam family are losing their powers or it gets transferred back and forth between uh, like Mary Marvel or his like biological father. Um, And essentially the wizard is like, Hey, you need to pick one to which Shazam is like, no, I pick both. Yeah. Which is, which is go go, 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 go ahead. I kind of like that Shazam's like, wait a minute, if you gave me all this magic, if you gave me all this power, aren't I powerful enough to change what the rules are? I choose them all. I can make it happen. I manifest this. See, I'm Shazam. 
I I I like that idea, but I think it also undercuts itself with its mm. own other idea that it like the wizard when he gave Billy the powers specifically was like, you can share this with your family. And that is actually your true power family. Yes. And family is whomever you choose it to be. Yeah. And so the idea then that the wizard is like, no, you must choose between this family or that family is like, no, dude, you already said like, what, what is happening here? Wizard, you're being suspicious. Like, what is going on here? Uh, Wizard very you're, sus. You're contradicting yourself here. And to it, yeah, I was just like, I don't get this. Like, just go with the first thing he said. Like, I'm choosing to have my family be all of them. That makes sense. Like, why are you fighting this? I don't understand. Like, it, it just seemed like the conflict shouldn't have been happening. But it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah, it, yeah, the, I get the, that. The, the powers kind of waning back and forth between biological father and the Shazam family suggest that there is some tr- truth to like, hey, you do need to pick one of them. Um, but I, I guess at the end of the day, it's it's more like that's what Billy thought he needed to do. And so that's why the powers were waning. I mean, it's magic. Right. Like, who knows exactly how magic works except for belief. Right. If he if he Mm -hmm. truly believes that he needs to make a choice between one of the two, I guess. Sure. That might work that. Yeah. Some of the powers are draining from one and going into the other. But also, yeah, just like, but wait, if, if you gave me all these powers and I am so powerful, why can't I just change the rules? Like, why can't I just be yeah. like, you know what? Screw that book that had all the old spells. I'm making my new spells. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Spell number yeah. one. Family is whomever I choose. Bam, yeah. There you go. Um, which is neat. I, I mm-hmm. liked it. I think that's a neat concept. Mm-hmm. And uh, Billy's dad is suspicious from the moment he appears. You know something's <laughs> up really with this is. guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's a sham. That worm is in his ear. Literally, like Mr. Mike is controlling him. You're just waiting for like the shoe to drop. Like, yep, it's him. He bad guy. But I, I, when you learn about who the actual man was, this is something that's in the Shazam movie too, where he's like looking for his mom and he finds his mom and his mom's like, yeah, I didn't mean to lose you at that carnival. But once I did, I realized you're probably better off and I'm probably better off and we should just part ways there. That's, which is still heartbreaking. Like that's one of the things I really appreciated about the movie is how sad it allowed that storyline to be. Like, I think it's an interesting choice that Billy doesn't have dead parents and he doesn't necessarily have the same abusive parents that, that other kids have had or, or parents who are, you know, like they, his dad like was a pickpocket, probably passed bad checks or something like that. Like his dad is in jail, but his dad isn't like a, a criminal criminal, you know? So like his dad's a serial Batman killer would or disagree. something. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I mean, like his dad's really more of a petty criminal. He's not even on Joe Chill's level. I I think it's a really interesting choice that his parents are just apathetic. They're just like, we're bad at this. You we shouldn't be here. We're gonna take off. Bye. Like, you'll probably be fine. And how 
like down to earth that feels like it feels very true not that i don't want to say like other like dad parents or criminal parents or abusive parents aren't also true but i i ha- i do appreciate the specificity of that sure, being the yeah. situation and how billy has to deal with that like it makes his parents feel like more human to him i think it really gives the character a good lesson in empathy and like trying to learn to see things from his parents side and understanding that they are struggling or they have struggled and maybe they didn't pick the best way out or maybe they did because Billy has landed in this really wonderful loving family now yeah yeah um yeah it's it's, it's an it's an interesting twist on the orphaned child yes. that then becomes yeah. a super hero and that is also kind of how they introduced the character too is that he was an orphaned kid uh, mm. so i don't know if if that was with him from the beginning that his he's orphaned but his parents are still actually alive at least his father yeah. is I, I don't rem- remember what they said about uh his m- m- mother in this book but uh, yeah I, I don't know if that was there from the start um or if that it, was something that developed later on like but what if they're not actually dead yeah it does seem like a more nuanced approach than i could imagine would have been there in like the 30s or 40s or whatever or whenever the original captain marvel appeared on the page yeah um yeah i i really like the idea of captain marvel here i i think the idea of the of this this young kid who can just say a magic word and then be yeah. transformed into the like it it almost he he's he's a character that almost fits into a world that does have like superhero comics mm-hmm. and stuff. It is a child believing that they can be the hero. Um and it's it's interesting. I if you've ever seen the Young Justice cartoon t- cartoon, it's phenomenal. Highly recommend it. Um but that is maybe one of my favorite uses of Shazam. Is that he is a member of the Justice League, but he's also kind of an outlier on that team. He never really feels like he fits in. And so uh, the 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 young Justice team, uh, when they get started and created, the Justice League is like, all right, we'll let you do your thing. But you need to have a chaperone. You need to have like a member of the Justice League to take care of you and (laughs) keep an eye on on you because you're kids right yeah. and we would feel bad if you guys got hurt like that mm-hmm. like you're, you you we know you don't want to be our responsibility but still like you're yeah we need to protect you and so at first it's red tornado that watches over them and stuff like that um and and then and then eventually shazam uh is is there and Shazam just wants to be a part of the team because he's a kid, too. He's just yes. like, oh, you guys are so cool. I love this. But he's he looks like an adult. So they don't like yes. want him around to be a part of the team. And it's just it's so great. I love it. It's fantastic. Um, but but yeah, I, I, I think the concept as uh, his character as a concept, I've always really, really enjoyed. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, his comics have just always been marred by like legal trouble uh mm. and and stuff like this which they actually alluded to in this book here at, at the start 
uh, when he was like, yeah, well, I used to be called Captain M-, and then like it stuck. And yeah, like I've been having trouble saying my own name. Um, it's it, he has a fascinating history. It just in the world of comics pub publishing in general, because um, when he first appeared, he was in like back when comics titles used to be like detective comic they still have yeah. the, that that one but back when it was like yeah detective comics adventure comics captain marvel first appeared in i think flash comics and whiz comics but yeah. they, they couldn't copyright those names because so, someone else had already been publishing titles under that name so they they did something else or maybe 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 it was whiz comics that uh he, he like was the actual uh book that happened first um let me see I, here one yeah, of the Flash very covers in the back comics. of the book he he is reading a whiz comics yeah so whiz was the one that like okay we actually found a name that works and and stuff like that so they, they got whiz comics but yeah couldn't publish it under flash or thrill comics uh and then dc comics sued fawcett comics uh saying that captain marvel was just a knockoff of superman um and fawcett comics eventually lost uh that and that's part of why they went bankrupt uh, to which then DC Comics bought them, I think, in like the 60s or 70s. Um, but it wasn't finalized until like 1991 that they had like full rights to that character. And they tried to bring him back every now and then in the DC universe. Never was super popular. Um, but then, of course, yeah, once DC bought out Fawcett comics and got all of their characters, which was basically the Shazam family. Uh, that's when Marvel was like, well, hey, now uh, we have Captain Marvel. Our name is Marvel. You guys can't have Captain Marvel. Mm. Uh, and so then there was just like, oh, again, legal stuff. Aww. Come on. Uh, and so, yeah, they started to call him Shazam um, or they, they at least t t titled the book shazam mm. and and every once in a while i think still tried to call him captain marvel um but it marvel was still like hey guys don't don't do don't do that so you can just call him shazam uh but i think mm. more recently there is a comic that i think is being published now it is a shazam uh comic being written by mark wade and drawn by dan mora who we saw on once in future um ah. he, he did the, the artwork on on that uh, they're starting like the the Shazam family is starting now to refer to him at j j j just as c Captain. He's okay, the ca Captain of the team. Just sure. Fun, fun fact with all of that stuff. All so, right, legal history, I, wild wow. history in comics, in interesting stuff uh, there. But yeah, he's always been compared to Superman and stuff like that. So. I, mm -hmm. I can see why there would be an inclusion like of some kind of super man adjacent character in in the book here. But it's just it's still so weird. It's like, why is Superboy Prime here in Monsterland? What the hell? <laughs> What's going on? What? What? 
percentage of people do you think know who Superboy Prime is? Like, do you think you like look at your phone right now? Can you call a single other person who knows the name Superboy Prime? Uh, man, I'm 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 an introvert. I don't have very many friends. Melissa put me on the spot to call <laughs> no, literally just, anyone, and I couldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just curious, like when you say these things to me, it feels like you're picking it feels like some sort of genius maneuver. Like you solved that math equation from like that movie where Matt Damon cleans the floors and tells people about apples, goodwill hunting that one. Like, it feels like you've done some sort of genius maneuver, but I want to have the context to know, like if I walk into a comic book shop and yell, okay, who's Superboy prime? Like 10 people will turn around or if just one person turns around and that person is you. Uh, it kind of depends. I, I feel like for like avid DC comics, fans they'll at least have some familiarity with the character even if it, they're they're they struggle like me to like struggle mm. to be like all right i know he's a complicated character something to do with like he's a villain now C crisis on infinite earth he got spare and then the the cool 90s look right um that was him um i i i think for maybe a more general audience they wouldn't really know um or or maybe for more of a specific like superman fan they might know but yeah it, it's he he is a more like in-depth in the weeds character um but yeah one that is often involved with the crises or superman stuff like that just the whole like multiversal aspect of the uh dc universe <laughs> does, does that answer your co question it, it, it just kind of de depends yeah I, I you always peel back so many layers on dc comics to me both with both within the narrative like within the canon and outside of the canon I'd never heard the word Superboy Prime. I vaguely knew that there was legal trouble with once Shazam was called Captain Marvel and then Marvel arrived like, don't do that anymore. And now he's Shazam. But <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> like, I feel like every DC Comics episode we do turns into you just like lecturing me. Like this you is... feel like you should have a whiteboard, but you don't. <laughs> oh, my God, Melissa, the times that like. DC Comics has put a whiteboard in their comics. That uh, that Flashpoint Beyond comic that I almost pitched for the review show that I mentioned to you on the Captain's Log. There is literally a panel where Batman is looking at a whiteboard of stuff that is basically explaining like the DC multiverse and how time works in the D D DC universe. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. They have that stuff all the time. I absolutely could be like, okay, Melissa, <laughs> like let's break down the, the divine Every continuum of DC comics. Yes. The divine continuum. I can't, I can't handle this. I feel like every DC comics, like every every book that's 12 issues or more should have a couple pages at the end that are just blank for you to write notes in. <laughs> I like this is why I like I grew up a Marvel Comics fan. Mm -hmm. Sp Spider-Man still my number one. 
Uh, but as I've gotten older and started to explore DC Comics more, this is why I like DC Comics a lot, because there is just so many layers and the lore is so complex. And I, I, I yeah, I, I just think there's a, a, enough of a rich history that I think Marvel tries to do in certain ways and in certain ways excelled first at that stuff mm. um the, the way marvel comics like introduced heroes with problems right yeah spider-man couldn't keep a job couldn't keep a girlfriend iron man's an alcoholic and has to deal with that mm-hmm. stuff right whereas the dc comics heroes were like they were the superheroes they won all the time and they always got the bad guy uh but even still like just the the lore behind all of the continuity and the way that they thought that, that solved it all within the problems that actually introduced and they had to then go back and smooth that over and fix it. And all the, the, just the interesting stories that come out of that, I feel like are more complex and I don't know, like that speaks to me. So that's why D- I'm just like divine oh, continuum spells. DC. I figured it out. Melissa <laughs> step one <laughs> achieved. <laughs> I'm slowly ascending. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> do we do we have anything else to say about Shazam and the Magic Lands? I don't think so. I there there was this was a roller mm. coaster. Um good fun. Yeah. Good fun. Um yeah, I I like we've mentioned it a few t- times if you know any k- kids that are interested in co- yes. comics and uh are interested in the Shazam character uh, this would absolutely be one to and their way. Be like, hey, yeah, you you, I, you you can I, you can take a look at. Yeah, I did appreciate that this book. Uh, well, it didn't have any mature themes. Did have like some emotional nuance to it, like in Billy's relationship with his dad, and it's just narratively very complex. Like, I feel like this is an appropriate, challenging book you can give to a young reader if they're ready for maybe not a very bloody violent superhero fight, but just like a lot of characters. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. challenging on that level. It's canonically challenging for a young just, reader. And I'm happy the comic can deliver that. Right. There's yeah, always yeah. something, always something new. So there we go. Um, cool. Let's look at bingo. For the week, we mm-hmm. got our review show bingo. I am pulling it up on screen. All right, Melissa, what do we got here? Um, oh, I have mm-hmm. ancient evil. I'm I'm willing to put that with just like the the whole like monster land being locked away. That's just, sure, just like yeah, ancient yeah. evil locked up. All that stuff. <sighs> um, what do I have? I. Villain with a pet. Would you consider Dr. Savannah a pet? <laughs> a, a, a pet to Mr. Mind. <laughs> to Mr. Mind, yeah. <laughs> no, I I don't think so. Um I don't go ahead. We don't necessarily have a ghost. We've got more of like skeletons. Like Shazam goes and, and sees a skeleton of a previous Shazam in the Darklands. So I I don't have a spot for skeleton. Maybe I'll have to have one next year. How, got, how do we feel about mom in an apron? 
we got Mr. Taki Tani in an apron here. He's not exactly a mom, but uh, he's a new member of the family. The fact that you told me, oh, yeah, he's always hanging around that house in DC Comics continuity. I feel Victor like this Rosa and a big tiger. I feel like it fits the, like the spirit you can have of the it. like mom yeah. in, in, in apron here. I've got cool step parent, but I I meant that pretty literally. And considering mm-hmm. that they're they, they've this family's got these two wonderful adoptive parents and there isn't like they I meant literally a step parent. <laughs> yeah. I meant like your mom or dad's like new spouse who's trying to impress you. So uh shout out to to Victor and Rosa, truly lovely people, but they don't they don't meet I don't think I've got anything that really meets any of these squares. I've got a square for Butler, but we don't have any cameo appearances by Alfred Pennyworth, unfortunately. Right, yeah. Um Did we have anyone that was literally hiding in a closet? No. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. What about a contemporary reference to retro tech? No, because it's not like Eugene's out there still playing away on an old Atari. I did like when he mentions that he turned into his Shazam form and then put on like one of Victor's coats and went to the store and bought Grand Theft Auto. Like, I love that the kids could do very adult things, but they do like the most minor adult thing. Like, they're just like, I'm going to buy a rated T video game. Rated M, excuse me, Melissa. Oh, M, okay. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. You you can you can uh, hire some hookers and and murder them and do all sorts of stuff. <laughs> he just wants to drive the car. He's never yeah. seen a hooker. Why would he? He he doesn't even know what that is. Um, okay, yeah, I I think that's all I I have. I have ancient evil uh, and mom in an apron. Pretty good. Pretty good. You you didn't have much. No, like nothing exactly fit this storyline. I feel like this was I, a good week for me. This is how this is how I start to get yeah. some bingos in You'll the future. You'll catch up, yes. Right? I'm feeling good about that one. Here awesome. Okay, that's our bingo update for this week. Uh, so, Melissa, let's get to recommendations. Stations. Yes. If people liked Shazam and the Seven Magic Lions, what else might they like? Looking at stuff we've covered in the past here on Review Show, just a couple months ago, we read a series of comics by Kieran Gillen called Die, which is about these kids playing a Dungeons and Dragons type tabletop RPG back in the 90s. They get sucked mm-hmm. into the game. And then they have to live as their RPG characters in this fantasy land and figure out how to escape. And the book is them like decades after that as extremely traumatized adults uh, dealing with the fact that they've learned they have to go back. Yeah. But you go through these different fantasy pastiche areas and the book draws a lot from like real fantasy literary history like mm-hmm. there's a world there's a you don't just have like a middle earth type area it draws from middle earth and from J.R.R. tolkien's experiences in world war 1 so you're seeing like hobbits in trench warfare oh yeah it's yeah. it's got a lot of levels to it it if you just like a book where characters go to different lands die's got that yeah absolutely absolutely and 
if you enjoyed Gameland, if you want more Tron aesthetics, there is the cartoon Tron Uprising, which aired on Disney XD in like 2012. We watched Tron Uprising a couple years ago. It only aired one season, but we I remember it being very strong. Episode, it was on episode uh, 122. Uh, is okay. what we watched that one on. We watched it for the review show here. So if you yes, go and watch yes. it yourself, you can hear us talk about yeah. it. Past review show content. You know, we, mm-hmm. it's, we don't do it on purpose, but it, it, we have gotten to the point where we've been doing this for five years. So we've got a lot of our own past things to reference. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'd also just like to recommend Disney World vlogs. Like, what's <laughs> sure, a better... Yeah way to look at a bunch of different lands than Disney World. They just put in uh, the new Tron Light Cycle Run coaster at Tomorrowland. So you've got your Tron area. You go over to Animal Kingdom. That's your Animal Land. You've got your Main Street USA. You've got Adventure Land. You can see so many different things there. You can see a spooky witch. You can see animal people. You can eat a big lollipop. All of it can happen at Disney World. Yeah. Go if you can't um, physically go there, just look it up on YouTube. It's very fun. That's what I put sure. on to relax. It's just people walking around <laughs> Epcot or whatever. Yeah. My parents just went to Florida and I believe went to <gasps> some of the Marvel stuff. I think they went on the new Guardians of the Giga Ooh. Galaxy uh thing because my mom was like best roller coaster everywhere uh and then Good. she sent me a picture of the like nova core like ship yeah thing. and then they had all like huge lego sets of different like marvel lions they they had uh they had like wakanda all built out of like legos and and stuff like that uh which isn't which is neat mm-hmm. yeah um, first thing I want to recommend, a uh, d- little over a decade ago, Marvel put out these comic book retellings of the Oz b- 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 books. Oh! Um, they are written by Eric Shanauer with art by Scotty Young. I, I looked at these books just for the art. Scotty Young's art is fantastic. Um, he has such a cool style. Um, and yeah, they have the marvelous land of Oz. They have Ozma of Oz. Um, yeah, they have, they just have, they, they have the wonderful wizard of Oz, uh, the Emerald city of Oz road to, Oz. they have like uh, just all of these comic book adaptions nice. and I read a few of them and they're fantastic. They're so good. Cool. Um, I, I liked them a lot. I would highly recommend those. Um, and then in that vein, there was this web comic that Mm. let me see if i can find it on our website or something like that there was this web comic that like mixed and mashed all of these fairy tales together into like one land uh and i loved it i i don't remember what it was called so i might need a second to look it up um but it was it was really, 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 really neat. So if you liked that idea of like mixing and mashing uh, like Wonderland and Oz together, um, like this is perfect for that stuff. Um, and then I also would like to recommend Ben 10, which we also covered yeah. uh, way, way back nice. on the podcast a long time ago 
Um, I think episode 84 is what that was on. Um, but yeah, that one is is great, especially for like a young kid then transforming into uh, he's transforming into different aliens. So not really mm-hmm. transforming into adult superhero, he- but each of these aliens have different powers uh, and stuff that he can he can do. Um, the web comic I was ta- talking about is called Namesake. Uh, by okay. Megan Le- Levy Heaton and Isabel Melancone, I believe. Melancone, I believe they're French. Um, okay. But but yeah, g- great book. I loved it a, l- a lot. I'd recommend those. Nice. Um, All right. Are you ready? That, Melissa, for- yeah, it is your your turn to do the pitches. Take it away. Yes. Kyle, for next week, I have three TV shows based on real people, (laughs) just like Perry Mason. Melissa's making fun of me now. (laughs) I think it's very funny, and I think it's very relatable that you could think Perry Mason was a real guy. TV shows based on real people. Okay, hit me. Yes. Which which we have done some of before. Last year, we watched The Billion Dollar Code and we watched Landscapers. Yeah. And since those were about there's a lot of TV shows based on true events that are crime, murder, businesses gone under, long trials, things like that, because we've Mm kind of already been in that space. I stayed away from the the dropouts or the the staircases or whatever of the tv shows based on true events sure and i found three shows that are about the world of entertainment movies tv theater so we're going to be in that area for these pitch number one this one does involve some crime this is a show called quiz this is a three episode british show Quiz is a dramatization of the true story of how married couple Major Charles and Diana Ingram attempted an audacious heist on the quiz show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, known as the coughing scandal, and how they were caught. So this guy was a contestant on the British version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and his wife was in the audience, and him and his wife worked out this special cue where she would like cough a certain way. And that would indicate to him what answer he was supposed to pick. And he won the top prize. And then they figured out that they were cheating. Interesting. Now, to, to yeah. be clear, this is a like dramatization of that? Yes. Or is it like yes. a docu-series? We're... Okay, cool. No, Just these are all dramatizations. Curious. None of these are docu-series. Okay. Um, yeah, so this is a three-episode British show. I, I get aired on Quiz? British TV and maybe... I, I just huh? have to say, quiz is like the most Melissa title for a show, for a quiz. show, right? Yeah, quiz. Pulling <laughs> <laughs> an exclamation mark at the end. Um, I think this came in the U.S. maybe through AMC, so you might have to get a trial of like the AMC, AMC app Plus. or something. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the easiest thing to get at, but it's only three episodes. Show number two, this is a five-episode show. This is on Peacock. This is called Angeline, A-N-G-E-L-Y-N-E. This is a limited series about the mysterious blonde bombshell who takes over Los Angeles billboards in the mid-1980s, planting the seed for famous-for-being-famous influencer culture. 
Loosely inspired by the 2017 Hollywood Reporter article that revealed Angeline's secret past as a Polish-born daughter of Holocaust survivors, the story focuses on the fame and the elusive nature of truth itself. I have heard about Angeline. Like, she will come up on L.A.-based podcasts I listen to. Just that she's this woman who bought billboards with her face on it and then bought, like, a pink Cadillac and drives around town in a pink Cadillac with a customized personal license plate. Like, it's me, Angeline. And everyone's like, yeah, I know Angeline. Who's Angeline? What does Angeline what does she do? do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so it's a story about this woman. This show comes okay. highly cool. recommended by a friend of the show, Jack, who I believe wow. started watching it because it came highly recommended from Sam Esmail, creator of Mr. Robot. This is ah. one of his favorite TV shows of recent years. Good, good to know. Mm-hmm. And pitch number three, taking us to the world of theater. It's Fosse Verdon. This is an eight episode <laughs> series. This is available on Hulu. Spanning five decades, Fosse Verdon explores the singular romantic and creative partnership between Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. Bob is a visionary filmmaker and one of the theater's most influential choreographers and directors, and Gwen is the greatest Broadway dancer of all time. Only Bob can create the groundbreaking musicals that allow Gwen to showcase her greatness. Only Gwen can realize the unique vision in Bob's head. Together, they were changed the face of American entertainment at a perilous cost. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Off the top of your head, do you know what like movies or what not they actually went on to make? Yeah, Bob Fosse directed Cabaret. Uh, okay. He directed the film version of that, and I believe he directed it on stage. And on stage, he also directed or choreographed Chicago. He directed Liza with a Z, the famous like Liza Minnelli TV performance special. Okay. Um, okay. He, he did the movie All That Jazz, which was based on his life. Uh, <laughs> so this is a TV show based on his life, including the part of his life where he made a movie about his life. So we go a couple <laughs> layers deep with Fosse Verdon. Interesting. So we uh, can watch Quiz, three episodes, Angeline, five episodes. And Fosse Verdon, eight episodes. Perfect. Uh, Melissa, I was going to pick this for a different reason than what you mentioned. Uh, Angeline, I mmm. I think it's watching a, a show on Peacock. I, we haven't yes. really done yet. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, why not? Let's let's go check out Angeline. That sounds interesting. Awesome. But yeah, I think both the recommendation from uh, Jack and since we were both big fans of Mr. Robot and Sam S. Why not? That sounds perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it is good timing. Uh, I was so happy when I remembered this counts. I could do Angeline. Yeah. It is a show I've been wanting to cover while I know we both have Peacock right now to watch through all the Fast and Furious movies. Sure, <laughs> yeah. like, And I don't think either of us are going to keep Peacock for that long. So let's catch <laughs> Angeline while we can. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, well, yeah, that is what we will do for the next week. We will watch Angeline. Uh, and then the week after that, Melissa, you already alluded to it. We yes. are going to be concluding our coverage on the Fast Saga movies, the Fast and the Furious uh, we have the final trilogy to watch seven, eight, and nine. 
Uh, and then I, I think we're both going to watch Hobbs and Shaw, but we're not requiring people to watch it for the discussion. Yes. We might yeah. mention it once or twice, but we won't be mm. discussing it within the episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we will be concluding our, our coverage of the Fast and the Furious here at the end of the month, uh, which is pretty exciting. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for all of that stuff. But that's about it for now. So, Melissa, where can p- the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kid shows you feel like only you remember. There you go. Um, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer. And if you would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots. Uh, So, yeah, please go like, share and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. Of course, if you are watching the YouTube version of this, go check out one of our other podcasts over there. Uh, That would help us out a ton. And yeah, this has been number uh, 245 of the Whatnots Review Show. Yeah, we're getting up there. Uh, We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.